Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Well, ladies and gentlemen, lots to talk about today. But, as usual, let me start a little differently from the pack. We know Thursday morning the Mueller report with various redactions will be released. And it'll be the focus of at least 3% of the country, including the media. Nothing out matters. The economy, jobs, taxes, securing the border protecting our communities, building up the defense. No, 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 none of that matters. What matters is the Mueller report. Now, first of all, the whole thing is bogus. No prosecutor is supposed to really put together a report about things they haven't done in the courtroom. So it's really outrageous from, from the moment it begins. And so that's never really discussed. I have to keep bringing it up. So... None of the information's been tested. None of the information's been challenged under the rules the Constitution provides. None of them. It almost doesn't even matter what's in the report. We heard Gerald Nadler. I read from decades ago. Basically say they'll interpret whether or not obstruction occurred. And gee, he's so objective. So objective. So why am I bringing this up? Of all the things to discuss, and there's a lot to discuss today, why am I bringing this up? I remember there was a time when a foreign government interfered with our election on behalf of a specific candidate. They say Russia interfered on behalf of Trump. They can't demonstrate that. But I remember when the communist Chinese interfered in a federal election to help the Democrats and to help Bill Clinton. Do you folks remember this in the 1990s? And the press, other than maybe the LA Times and a handful of others, really could care less. And the evidence was everywhere. Everywhere. There was an attempt to influence America's presidential election. This time, and yes, this is in unfreedom of the press. Why do I cite it? Because it relates to what's going on right now. It involved the re-election of Bill Clinton for president and communist China. Our buddy Byron York, who writes a wonderful column over there at the Washington Examiner and has for many years now, September 9, 2018, pointed out that in the 1990s, a hostile foreign power meddled in our presidential election. There were serious questions about whether one party's candidate, the beneficiary, 
was complicit in the meddling. Or at least looked the other way while it was going on. The candidate fiercely resisted the appointment of a special prosecutor, then known as an independent counsel, to investigate. Finally, amid only moderate media interest and public concern, it all faded away. There never was a special prosecutor appointed. The L.A. Times, which did take an investigative interest in the story, one of the few, they reported that the chief of China's military intelligence secretly directed funds from Beijing to help reelect President Clinton in 1996. Former Democratic fundraiser Johnny Chung has told federal investigators. Chung says he met three times with the intelligence official, General Xi Jinping, who ordered $300,000 deposited into the Torrance businessman's bank account to subsidize campaign donations intended for Clinton, according to sources familiar with Chung's sealed statements to federal prosecutors. Chung provided damning testimony before a federal grand jury that the Chinese government wanted Clinton reelected. Quote, during their initial meeting on August 11, 1996 in Hong Kong, Xi conveyed to Chung the Chinese government's specific interest in supporting Clinton. Quote, we like your president, Xi said, according to sources familiar with Chung's grand jury testimony. Chung testified that he was introduced to the intelligence chief by the daughter of China's retired senior military officer. Wow. You remember how upset the Democrats were? Remember all the committee hearings? You don't either? I don't remember a damn thing. Chung spread around a great deal of foreign money on Democratic candidates and organizations and bought himself repeated access to the White House. He contributed more than $400,000 to various Democratic campaigns and causes, visited the White House no fewer than 50 times, and brought numerous Chinese associates to events with the President and First Lady Hillary Rodham Clinton. Can you imagine if you substitute China with Russia and Clinton with Trump? Is there any doubt in your mind about indictments and impeachment? He pleaded guilty last year, did Chung? Remember, this is an article from uh, 20 years ago. To election law violations, it became the first major figure to cooperate with a Justice Department investigation of campaign finance abuses, including a probe into improper foreign donations. A number of contributors have been indicted in the scandal. Wow. You remember that? So concerned were the Chinese, was the Chinese government and others about Chung's knowledge and testimony that, quote, the FBI feared for Chung's safety after he received veiled threats and bribe offers from individuals pressing him to keep silent about his China dealings. Those concerns grew after the FBI received information from overseas indicating that Chung could be in danger. Consequently, on numerous occasions, the FBI placed Chung and his family in protective custody. You hear this? He was eventually sentenced to probation. And there's more, as York points out. Charlie Tree. Charlie Tree, a longtime friend of President Clinton, raised $1.2 million in foreign dollars for the Clinton Legal Defense Fund and the DNC. In March 1996... Tree dropped off a donation of $460,000 at the Washington offices of the Clinton Defense Fund with some of the money in sequentially numbered money orders made out in the same handwriting. 
He visited the White House 22 times. He pleaded guilty to violating federal election laws and was sentenced to probation. In addition, reported the L.A. Times, James Riotti, another longtime friend of President Clinton, who heads the worldwide Lippo Banking Group, pleaded guilty to conspiracy related to illegal campaign contributions in the 1996 Democratic fundraising scandal and during the previous eight years. Riotti, who had extensive ties to China and his banking group acknowledged in court papers that they made millions of dollars in illegal campaign donations to Democratic presidential and congressional candidates dating to 1988, including hundreds of thousands of dollars to Clinton's first campaign for uh, the White House in 1992. Unbelievable. Context is everything. What, what's this whataboutism? It's called history. Context is everything. The world didn't begin today. I'm not done. The LA Times also noted that former Democratic fundraiser John Wong, a one-time official of Lippo, California, pleaded guilty in the scandal two years ago and cooperated in the case against Riotti, who he said directed all political giving. York noted that Wong raised more than $1.5 million from illegal foreign sources and visited the White House 78 times. The then Attorney General Janet Reno refused to seek the appointment of an independent counsel, that statute's lapped, but at, but at the time it existed, to investigate Chinese Democratic Party Clinton collusion. There would be no formal questioning of the Clintons under penalty of perjury. There would be no prosecutorial reports. Bill Clinton had already been reelected to a second presidential term. The scandal died never to be raised again. Despite Hillary Clinton's race in the Democratic Party presidential primary in 2008 and her subsequent presidential run in 2016 as the Democratic Party nominee, the Democratic Party press had no interest whatsoever. Remember all that, Mr. Producer, or were you too young? You don't remember. Does it shock you that I'm reading this to you? Enormous amount of money, millions, poured into the DNC, poured into the Clinton Legal Defense Fund, poured into the Clinton campaign. No independent prosecutor, none, was ever appointed. Neither Clinton ever had to testify under oath or provide answers in writing or anything of the sort. No report was ever written. Redactions or no redactions. Doesn't this make this whole phony Russia collusion scandal absolutely an unconscionable scam against the American people? Doesn't it expose the media once again one of a thousand examples. Yes, it does. And I wanted you to know this and to hear this before the Thursday morning release of the Mueller report, which honestly, folks, other than the fact that the media and the Democrats are going to hype the hell out of it and some uh, untoward never-Trumpers and repubics, other than that, I mean, honestly, this was a setup. This was a coup effort. It's ongoing. 
They hang on every preposterous allegation. Now they're going to hang on what is truly an unconstitutional task, which is the writing of this report. They're going to continue to smear the attorney general for redactions that are compelled by law and by justice. They're going to use what they can, cherry-pick the report to go after the president. To the extent they don't think it goes far enough, they'll fill in any blanks that they feel need to be filled in. This is an ongoing scam against the American people. It's an ongoing attempt to replace the president of the United States. It's an ongoing attack against our constitutional system and our franchise and the 63 million people who voted for Donald Trump for president. When I remind you of what took place in the 1990s, that was a scandal. Enormous sums of money pouring into one party, pouring into one candidate, pouring into one defense fund. Testimony under oath that the Chinese government, specifically the Chinese military, was funding it. You've got none of this in this phony Russia-Trump collusion crap. None of it. You've got nothing. And did our Federal Bureau of Investigation at the most senior levels, did they send spies into the Clinton campaign? No. No. Did they get warrants against anybody in the Clinton campaign? Not that I'm aware of. Are you aware of anyone? There was nothing. And this was a scandal. The scandal today is that the Obama administration, I said it years ago, and I'm going to say it again, the Obama administration, he was the president, interfered with our election the way they interfered with the Israeli election with Netanyahu. They interfered with our election. They used the FBI. They used the Department of Justice. They used the intelligence agencies to try and take out candidate Trump, President-elect Trump, and our President Trump. And they're still at it. And the media are thrilled. They're still at it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit Imprimus.Hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S, dot Hillsdale, dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. You know, I, uh, Mr. Producer, 
Likes to look at Amazon a lot. At least I'll accuse him of it. Tells me we're number 70 on Amazon. Now, this is typical when books are not available for immediate shipping. I mean, Amazon is, you know, it's almost an impulse. But pre-orders are very, very, very important. And it's so when the book comes out, you have it that day. You don't have to wait. I've been talking about this the last two weeks, different aspects of what's in this book. I hope I've caught your attention because I have barely touched the surface. It is so crucial to understand what's going on in this country to this president, to this culture, to our Constitution, to our civil society. You can see the southern border has collapsed. We're overwhelmed. The Democrat Party seem concerned to you? I don't even mean even a sense of urgency. Do they seem concerned at all to you? Not in the least. And the reason that border has collapsed is because of the Democrat Party and pro-open border individuals within the Republican Party. But even more than that, they get cover from the media. I've said this so often that other hosts now regurgitate this. You look where the position of the Democrat Party is, you'll see the position of the mass media. It's that simple. You'll see the position of the mass media and the reasons for these things. It's why important to have context. There's a whole section in the book, for instance, about what other presidents did in terms of uh, immoral, immoral activities and so forth in the Oval Office. I'm not aware of a single allegation that the president has done anything morally untoward while he's been in the Oval Office. Not one. Think about it. Because you might say, wait a minute, you're right. I hadn't thought about it. Yeah. And yet look how they paint him. They go after these non-disclosure agreements before he became president of the United States. That's nothing compared to what some of their great heroes did. I'm not excusing anything. That's not my point. The point is you should have the information in the context. He's not used the IRS against individuals or groups. He's not used the FBI against individuals or groups. Ironically, they've been used against him. And the Democrat Party still wants to use the IRS against him, which is why I would love nothing more than to debate or even question Bernie Sanders. And I feel this book is very, very important, and I hope that you'll take the opportunity now to go to Amazon and pre-order a copy. I see uh, Michelle Obama is still number five. I don't get it. Howard Stern's up there. He's like number 30-something. It's okay. I got it. But I really think we need to spread the word. I'll be right back. Folks, many of our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But sadly, many have lost their way. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse and instead peddle their moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, there's Hillsdale College. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. And as Hillsdale enters its 175th year, their goal is simple and yet profound 
to help students understand what is noblest and best in yourself and the world. Hillsdale College's liberal arts education and vibrant campus community helps students form a foundation for the rest of their lives, a truly life-defining experience. So if you're looking for a college that prizes learning and values intellectual enthusiasm, where everyone shares a strong sense of meaning and purpose, welcome to Hillsdale College. Please visit hillsdale.edu slash admissions to plan a visit and learn more. That's hillsdale.edu slash admissions. Some people talk about the Tea Party. We are the Tea Party. Call in now, 877-381-3811. If we can pull together the Tea Party, the Reaganites, the Trumpites, Convention of States, folks, conservatives generally, and there's a lot of overlap. I'm well aware of that. I've been all those things, and so many of you. It's going to be hard for them, that is, the left and the rest, to defeat us. If I can get this book in each of your hands, I'm going to tell you now, it'll be a revolution of sorts. I really believe that. That's the goal. CNN's ratings are tanking, ladies and gentlemen, and while they should... And the reason is they've hyped up this collusion story to jack up their ratings, and there's nothing there. Now, if you've listened to this program over the last few weeks and hear me talk about pseudo-events, this whole collusion issue is a pseudo-event surrounded by propaganda. No media outlet has been more aggressive in this regard, even more than MSNBC, than CNN. CNN has decided it is not a news operation. It's a propaganda mill. And so it develops these pseudo-events. I think Jim Acosta disrupts presidential press conferences because he's directed to do them. By Zucker or somebody who is a surrogate to him. I think they want to draw attention to CNN. I thought about this. And CNN must like it. And they suckered all the rest of the media who drew their wagons around Mr. Acosta, who's nothing but a fraud. CNN had its lowest primetime weekly ratings overall and in the key age demographic last week, according to Nielsen Media Research. From April 8 to 12, the network only averaged an audience of 690,000 people and 180,000 in the key demographics of 25 to 54. I mean, my show blows through these numbers. My radio show. And so does my TV show, as a matter of fact. We had almost a million and a half viewers Sunday night at 10 p.m. They have 690,000 average on CNN. At 10 p.m. Sunday night, Eastern Time, we beat CNN and MSNBC combined. And our show at 10 p.m. Sunday night was either the second or third, I think it was the second highest rated show all day on Fox. That's because of you. CNN's coverage last week included three presidential town halls with New York Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, Washington Governor Jay Inslee, and former Housing and Urban Development Secretary Julian Castro. Gillibrand's town hall only had 507,000 viewers compared to Inslee's 549,000 and Castro's 654,000. Those candidates should be worried. They can't draw a crowd. MSNBC's primetime lineup averaged 1.6 million viewers, 
with 240. Now, that's their prime time, 1.6 million. What did I just say, Mr. Producer? We had about 1.5 million at 10 p.m. at night. Jeez. Thanks to you folks again. Fox News beat CNN and MSNBC combined with a total average viewership of 2,438,000. And in the key demo, 2554, 394,000. This is why they want to destroy Fox. This is why they wanted to destroy Fox. Or want to destroy Fox. Because it's in their way of their measly ratings. These are horrible ratings. Terrible ratings. Now, Bernie Sanders, as you know, was on the Fox, I don't know what we call this, the interview program, whatever it was for Bernie Sanders, and I, I, Fox News Town Hall with two great journalists. And I watched this. I had to watch most of it afterwards because it was during my show. And I noticed that Bernie Sanders, that is BS, Bernie Sanders, BS Sanders, Bernie the Red was lying all over the place and dodging all over the place. He's asked about his 26% marginal uh, 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 tax rate, and he attacked Trump. And he said he didn't vote for the Trump tax cuts. That wasn't the question. Why is his rate at 26%? Mine's at 40%. Even with deductions, which are minimal. I'm a capitalist. He's a Marxist. I pay 40%. He pays 26%. And my buddy Danny, up there in New Jersey, he called me today and he said, it's funny how Bernie Sanders used to talk about billionaires and millionaires. And now he stops talking about millionaires, only billionaires, because he is a millionaire. And Brett Baer, what Brett Baer was getting at, Martha McCollum was getting at, was, uh, uh, Mr. Sanders, you uh, you keep talking about the rich and the rich and the rich. How come you don't pay more? How come you don't pay the pre-tax rate, pre-before the Trump tax cuts? I voted against the Trump. Nobody asked you how you voted. <clears throat> I mean, that makes you more of a hypocrite, actually. You voted against the tax cuts. You say they're bad for the country, and yet... You took them. You took them. And of course, Bernie Sanders lies about health care. He still hasn't explained. There's a great piece up at the Federalist. By the other Hemingway, the husband. And uh, he doesn't explain how he's going to pay for this. Now, Medicare for all, as I said the other day, means those of you who've been paying into Medicare, uh, there's going to be a lot of freeloaders now moving into Medicare. And he said for all, so I assume that means illegal aliens, too. He didn't say for some, he said for all. And of course, he didn't explain whether doctors and nurses and nurse practitioners and all these people who spend years and years and years in school, taking tests, learning, getting experience, staying up all hours a day and night, he didn't explain how that will affect them, because they don't care about them. They don't care about them. So, uh, and the audience was filled with, obviously, a bunch of clapping seal Marxists. That was kind of surprising to me. And here he is. Cut six, Mr. Producer. Go. 
I want to ask the audience a question, if you could raise your hand here. A show of hands of how many people get their insurance from work, private insurance, right now. How many get it from private insurance? Okay, now of those, how many are willing to transition to what the senator says, a government-run system? See, these are, uh, these are the, uh, well, I won't say the goose steppers because that may get me in trouble, but you get the point. These are the clapping seals. Cut seven, go. I think everybody is in agreement that health care needs to be fixed in this country. The question is how. And my question to you was it, it will drive up taxes to pay for health care. And not just the wealthy will pay for that. The middle class right. will also okay. pay for Very it. Very good. So how do you justify it? And All right, Martha, what are you not including in your discussion? You tell me. I will tell you. You're not going to pay any health insurance premiums. Now, let's, let's just stop there. So you're not going to pay any health insurance premiums. Is this a joke? Let's continue. Go. One way or the other. But look, Martha, say one way or the other. Martha, Whether it's in your income oh, tax or your payroll tax. Right, your look, health care is not free. You never heard me suggest that we're going to match. You just said it was going to be free for everyone. It's going to be free at the point of when you use it. Okay. And you go to... Why are you so shocked by this? Because someone's going to Somebody is going to pay. That's it. Cut eight. Go. Let's just say hypothetically. Okay. You're, uh, you are um, self-employed, and you have you've got a husband and two kids. Okay? Family of four. <clears throat> you know how much that family is paying today for health care? How many? $28,000 a year. Okay. All right. We're spending $11,000 per person. We are saying to that family of four... You ain't going to pay that 28000 so, so what he's condemning here, what they didn't have a chance to mention, is Obamacare. They act like there's no Obamacare. They act like there's no Medicaid. They act like there's no Medicare. They act like there's no government insurance whatsoever. There's a ton of government insurance. It's squeezing out private insurance each and every day. Each and every day. So he paints this picture. This is what the left does. Remember what I told you. The diabolical genius of Marxism-Socialism is that it provides the emotional and intellectual roadmap for autocrats, like B.S. Bernie Sanders, to persuade millions of people to support their own enslavement to government. I have an article in front of me, March 8, 2019, March 8, 2019, freebeacon.com. He likes to talk about these, uh, these countries. He likes to talk about these countries, points to them, like Finland, as perfect examples of what America should be doing. The government of Finland collapsed on Friday back in March due to the rising cost of universal health care and the prime minister's failure to enact reforms to the system. Isn't this a Scandinavian country? Yes, it is. Prime Minister What's-His-Face and the rest of the cabinet resigned after the governing coalition failed to pass reforms in Parliament to the country's regional government and health services, the Wall Street Journal reports. Finland faces an aging population with around 26% of its citizens expected to be over 65 by the year 2030, an increase of 5% from today. The Prime Minister's reforms intended to remove power from the 295 municipalities They currently oversee health and social care. Can you imagine these corrupt cities overseeing your health care 
and place responsibility within a leaner, more efficient system of 18 elected regional authorities. This is the real universal health care. This is the real Medicare for all. This is the real government, police state, centralized iron fist. The prime minister said there is no other way for Finland to succeed beside these reforms. Which could have led to $3.4 billion in savings for the government. Finland's aging population is increasing the financial strain on its health care system. Well, our population is aging too. Reuters reports that soaring treatment costs and longer lifespans have particularly affected Nordic countries. Oh, Nordic countries. That is Scandinavian countries. Nordic countries where comprehensive welfare is the cornerstone of the social model have been among the most affected, according to Reuters. But reform has been controversial, and in Finland, plans to cut costs and boost efficiency have stalled for years. Bernie Sanders didn't tell you this, did he? Similar problems are bedeviling Sweden and Denmark. Two other countries frequently held up as models to follow on health care. Finland's crisis in particular comes as calls for universal health care have grown louder among Democrats. They point out Bernie Sanders, Medicare for all. Mercatus Center at George Mason says that would cost $32 trillion over 10 years. In addition to that earth-shattering cost, you would get crap. I want you to do yourself a favor. Pick up the phone today and call any federal department or agency on the East Coast or the West Coast. It is 6.53 p.m. Eastern Time on Tuesday evening. Nobody will answer. Nobody will answer. The government shut down. The Kaiser Family Foundation found that 58% of Americans oppose Medicare for all. If, it, if told it would eliminate private health insurance. So under the Sanders plan and under the plan of almost every one of these Democrats, there'd be no way out. There'd be no private health care. You'd be stuck. Your family would be stuck. And once they put it in place, there's no going back like Obamacare. Once they put it in place, there is no going back. And I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Have you ever wished you knew more about how politics and our Constitution work? Could you explain the key differences between capitalism and socialism? Wish you knew more about American history? Well, I have good news for you. It's not too late to learn no matter how busy you are or how long it's been since you've been in college or high school. And you can do it for free. Because my friends at Hillsdale College, as a service to our country, have free online courses that provide a taste of the core curriculum that every Hillsdale College student takes. The core that teaches us how to think critically and act virtuously. And it can help you, too. Getting started is very simple. Just sign up for one or more of Hillsdale's most popular online courses for free. And you can learn whenever you like. Visit online.hillsdale.edu right now. That's online.hillsdale.edu. Join right now and you'll be on your way to a rich, meaningful education. Again, that's online.hillsdale.edu.
Now, I, I, I'm not going to play the whole Bernie Sanders stuff. Uh, you listen to this program long enough, you know what Bernie Sanders is. He uh, says he's not going to apologize for writing a best-selling book that brought him, you know, well over a million dollars and so forth. Um, and I, I'm thinking to myself, it's you guys who apologize. It's you guys who apologize. And so my point is, my point is that... Uh, he wrote a book. He made over a million dollars. But what if somebody invented a drug that helps tens of thousands of people? And let's say they make a billion dollars. Tell me, who's a greater contributor to society? Bernie Sanders and his book or the guy who invented the drug? The guy who invented his drug. Bernie Sanders clings to his money like there's no tomorrow. He's produced nothing. But he wants to steal money from other people. Typical. Typical. Here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. Four Jewish Democrats warn Israel not to annex West Bank territory, Times of Israel. Four Jewish Democrats in the U.S. House of Representatives, known for their ties to the American Israel Public Affairs Committee, APAC, warned Israel not to annex West Bank territory days after Benjamin Netanyahu's election he pledged to do just that. The statement by Representatives Elliot Engel, New York, all Democrats, Nita Lowy, New York, Ted Deutsch, Florida, Brad Schneider, Illinois, all blue, heavy blue districts, did not name the Israeli Prime Minister, but alluded to his pledge on the eve of elections that he would extend Israeli law to all Jewish settlements in the West Bank even those in remote areas that would diminish the prospects of a contiguous Palestinian state. Netanyahu won the elections. The statement signaled a warning from the party's most pro-Israel wing that retreating from the two-state solution would be catastrophic for efforts to maintain close ties between Democrats and Israel. There's an emerging argument among Democrats on whether to become more sharply critical of Israel under Netanyahu. As strong, lifelong supporters of Israel, a U.S.-Israel relationship rooted in our shared values and the two-state solution, we are greatly concerned by the possibility of Israel taking unilateral steps to annex the West Bank, said the statement. Now, this may perplex some of you who aren't Jewish. Those of us who are conservative and Jewish, it doesn't perplex us at all. And I'm going to be blunt. There has always been a fifth column within the Jewish community. These are leftists. They don't live in Israel. While they can bemoan the fact that missiles are fired into that country, they don't have to experience it. 
so they can be pro-Israel, you know, from the United States. They would never say this to China. They would never say this to Russia about Crimea. If they do, you don't hear about it. And they speak the language. They speak the language of the bureaucrat. They speak the language of the Palestinians. They speak the language of the UN. Once again, I want you to look at a map of Israel. There is no West Bank on Israel. It's called the Mediterranean Sea. It's on the eastern front. Judea and Samaria. Going back thousands of years. Judea, Judaism. Got it? Samaritan. Now, there's nothing Palestinian in these areas. There never has been. And by the way, you might think, oh, there's a few settlements. The way even the Times of Israel reports this. There are 450,000 Israelis who live in these areas. You're not going to remove them. And they allow Palestinians to live in these areas. The Israelis effectively live in 3 to 4% of the land there. Why this constant focus, even by these left-wing Democrats, who are Jews, on what Israel decides to do with its territory, its territory, it's been its territory for thousands and thousands of years. <clears throat> you can't find... Palestinian history in Judea and Samaria that goes back beyond 100 years ago. Show me it. Show me it. There is no West Bank. West Bank? There is no West Bank. What, 1948, 49 to 1967? Now there's a West Bank because the Jordanians said there's a West Bank. There's no West Bank. These areas have names. They have people actually living there. You can't build any more apartments in the West Bank. Excuse me. You can't build any more homes and apartments in Judea and Samaria. Samaria, do we have any other country on the face of the earth where we issue such dictates? And by the way, the president's not doing that. These four left-wing Jewish members of Congress are. Fairweather friends, as they used to call them. But it's not just them. The Anti-Defamation League. Now, the Anti-Defamation League, I'm answering this because a lot of you always ask me about this. The Anti-Defamation League had a very solid history. It doesn't anymore. It's a left-wing organization headed by a left-winger who was special assistant to Barack Obama. And what that board did over there at the ADL is a disgrace. And they're a disgrace. They're a disgrace. So they and some other liberal Jewish groups have written the president and have made public their opposition to Israel defending itself. To Israel reacquiring what belongs to Israel. 
but belongs to Israel. Now let's talk about this two-state solution for a moment. I've said a two-state solution is a final solution. And that's why the Palestinians keep pushing for it without recognizing Israel's right to exist. Let me ask you, would we be negotiating with Mexico or Canada if they said we didn't have a right to exist? Would we be negotiating with Canada if they had 150,000 missiles aimed at Detroit and Chicago and others of our cities? No, I don't think we would. Do you? And if they were saying death to America, death to America, and they were building tunnels under our under our fences for the purpose of moving terrorists into this country, would we be that? Of course we wouldn't. We'd go over there and we'd crush the hell out of them. This progressivism is an extremely powerful force. And it's most... And in its most aggressive form, it is intoxicating. It's intoxicating. You won't find true conservatives who talk this way. We actually have evangelical Christians who are more pro-Israel than Elliot Engel, Nita Lowy, Ted Deutsch, and Brad Schneider. We have Christian organizations that are more pro-Israel than the Anti-Defamation League. We have Christian organizations that are more outspoken in defense of Israel than APAC. It's true. We have pastors with enormous churches, many in the South and in Texas and so forth, that are more supportive of Israel than certain reform rabbis and certain conservative rabbis with large congregations. Think about that. So I wanted to bring this up because at some point the administration is going to put forward a peace plan. I don't know why. I don't know why they bother with a peace plan. It's just Mark's opinion. I'm not speaking for anybody else. I don't know why. When you have the Palestinian Liberation Authority, the PLA, the old PLO, which pays huge stipends for Palestinians to murder Israelis and to murder other Palestinians who might be a little too friendly to the Israelis, and the worse the the act of terrorism, the greater the pension. And if they're killed, then it goes to their family. If a Palestinian sells a home or a farm or anything, to a Jew in and around Jerusalem, they get the death penalty. You aware of this? How many Jews are in the Gaza Strip? None. There used to be many. None. Is not the Gaza Strip an example of the idiocy of a two-state solution? They had one election. After Jews in the Gaza Strip were forcibly removed, one election, And only one election. And guess who won? Hamas. A terrorist organization with ties, again, to the Muslim Brotherhood. And I might add ties to our domestic group called CARE. They are big fans of Ilhan Omar and she of them, of course. There's your two-state solution. It's a disaster. It's a disaster. So I just hope when the administration is cobbling together its ideas and has thoughts on this, 
that it ignores the Anti-Defamation League headed by a leftist, that it ignores these other left-wing groups that hate the president and hate the administration, that it ignores the uh, four stooges here, Elliot Engel, Nita Lowy, Ted Deutsch, and Brad Schneider. They represent nobody. And stay the course. And it's always interesting, isn't it? The people who are weak on the United States military, people who are constantly trying to cut the United States military, feel exactly the same way about Israel. It's also interesting that people in this country, like Omar, like Talib, like Aach, who hate our country. Did I say hate our country? Hate our country. Hate it. They also hate Israel. Isn't that interesting? Why is that? Because both countries are tolerant, obviously, of Judaism and Christianity. Israel is a Jewish state, so they hate it. Israel also protects Christian shrines and holy places. And by the way, Muslim shrines and holy places, too. You won't find... uh, too many of these aggressive Muslim uh, governments in the Middle East or elsewhere protecting Jewish sites. In fact, just so you know, when the Jordanians did control Jerusalem, they destroyed Jewish sites, including synagogues. Destroyed them. Now people say, Mark, you're a little hardcore on this. I'm not hardcore. It's reality. How many more missiles need to be fired? How many more terrorist acts have to be fired? I put myself in their position, as all of us should. And why would you agree to any such, such nonsense? Well, we're going to forward it, and, you know, no, no, we're not forwarding anything. In fact, rather than trying to figure out how to give terrorist governments, terrorist entities, more land, a stronger geographic position vis-a-vis Israel and, by the way, other Arab states. How about we focus on China, which would love nothing more than to blow us off the face of the earth or to strangle us economically? How about we focus more on Iran? Can we all agree that Yemen doesn't belong to Iran, that parts of Iraq doesn't belong to Iran, that parts of Syria don't belong to Iran? Why are we focused on Judea and Samaria? Can we all agree on that? Can we all agree when it comes to Red China that the South China Sea that affects us directly does not belong to China? The East China Sea across from Japan, that doesn't belong to China? Can we all agree on that? Why don't we focus on that? There is simply no question about the property rights and the legal rights of Judea and Samaria. And we shouldn't go along with the U.N. mob and the European mob and all the rest of the mobs out there in order to accommodate them. But I'm just pointing out you have these liberals in this country, in this case, four leading Democrat Jews, who say, no, 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 we don't care what the people of Israel want. We don't care that they elected Netanyahu. We don't like Netanyahu. We don't like Netanyahu because he likes Trump and Trump likes him. That's how sick these people are. I mean sick to the core. And the ADL and the rest of them. 
you'll mostly find wisdom in terms of policy among Orthodox Jews. Not exclusively, but mostly. And among organizations like ZOA and Emmett and several others. But it's APAC that always gets the attention. It's the ADL that always gets the attention. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Speaking of the Middle East, here we sit, ladies and gentlemen. It is Tuesday evening. Like Moses coming down from Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments. The Mueller report will be issued with redactions on Thursday morning. The Word of God, I mean Mueller. And if it's critical of the President or his administration... The Democrats are prepared to pounce. If it's not critical that the president and his administration, the Democrats are prepared to pounce. They have plan A and they have plan B and they have plan C. Plan A, folks, is to cherry pick what they feel they can spin and assert from the Mueller report. Plan B, if there's nothing in there of use to them, which is unlikely, is to diss the report Attack the Attorney General for covering up the most cogent information. Plan C is to do both. That is, to use aspects of the report while criticizing the report and then go off on their own and redefine what obstruction means and all the rest of it. Does anybody today, anybody today believe that Nadler and Schiff and Pelosi and all the rest of these losers aren't going to use the occasion of the Mueller report, the good, the bad, and the ugly, to push for impeachment. Is there anybody who doesn't believe that you're going to see endless breaking news, news alerts across your TV screens from every mental midget journalist that's out there? Well, of course. That's what you're going to see. That's what you're going to hear. We know this in advance. We know this in advance. And to show you how diabolical these people have become, and we've talked about this, now Elijah Cummings, the chairman of the House Oversight Committee and Government Reform Committee, that is Jim, uh, yes, House Oversight and Government Reform Committee, Elijah Cummings has now subpoenaed President Trump's accounting firm directly for additional documents. That is an abuse of power going around the client. It is an enormous abuse of power. And let me say this. These bums are going to regret the day they do this. They are unleashing sleazeball investigative tactics that will be used against them. Going after somebody's taxes. Going after somebody's accountant. They pulled this crap under Kennedy and Johnson and FDR. Now they're doing it again. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. 
This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the Nutrition Facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. Mark Levin, simply the smartest man on radio. And you can call him 877-381-3811. When I do that, it's because I'm looking for something. Found it. I have a question for you. What does Democratic Socialist, a.k.a. Bernie the Red Sanders, have in common with this? Republican Senators Rick Scott and Josh Hawley. Now, I have to tell you, even though I supported Scott, over the air for election. I mean, obviously, he's running against a left-wing kook. Well, no, he was a moderate. No, he was a left-wing kook. Scott knows there's a lot of senior citizens in Florida, so he's playing the game. It's unfortunate that he's playing the game. Hawley of Missouri, I don't know what his problem is. Either you believe in capitalism or you don't. Capitalism is not hard-hearted. Capitalism is compassionate. Look around you. It's capitalism. Go to the DMV. That's government. All three, Bernie Sanders, Rick Scott, Josh Hawley, have all introduced socialist price control legislation for drugs and not just for Medicare. Now, I've been warning you about this, and now we have Republicans Scott and Hawley joining Bernie Sanders and calling for European-style socialist medicine. You want European-style socialist medicine? Go get it. Don't impose it on the rest of us. Here's what they don't tell you when selling socialism in Florida and Missouri. Europe lags significantly behind the United States in pharmaceutical investments and access to new drugs. Why? It's called price controls. At the same time, the U.S. remains the world leader because we have rejected price controls. So we have significant investments in research and innovation. That allows millions of Americans to live healthier, longer, more productive lives, including in Florida, Missouri. European citizens who live in countries with price controls, they're paying for it with their own health. Because they only have access to a fraction of the life-saving treatments Americans have. That's what Bernie Sanders offers, and unfortunately, these Republicans. Now, the ignorance of Bernie Sanders doesn't surprise me. He's a longtime Red. But Senators Scott and Hawley, what's their excuse? Price controls never work. And that's why I'm speaking out. Now, I've got family too. Got my own health issues too. Price controls are dangerous. And who's going to set the prices? Politicians? Bureaucrats? Oh, come on, folks. We know this is nonsense. Get the facts. Go to truehealthcarefacts.com. That's truehealthcarefacts.com.
truehealthcarefacts.com, truehealthcarefacts.com. So we're waiting for Moses. I mean, uh, we're waiting for the, uh, the report to be delivered from Mount Sinai. I mean, from the Justice Department. Because you know, ladies and gentlemen, Mueller, who none of you really know anything about, his prosecutors, who none of you really know anything about, including me, the 40 or so FBI agents who worked on this, none of us know who they are, because they're more noble than anybody else, you see. They didn't have a political bone in their body. And they are not advocates as prosecutors are. No, no, not these prosecutors. They're special. They're like judges and juries. Very objective. Now, that's simply not true, folks. Why is it that this report, whatever it says, is the, is the new Ten Commandments, if you will, the two tablets? Mark, what if it's very helpful to the president? I don't care. The president didn't collude. He didn't obstruct. He didn't do anything wrong. If that affirms it, great. But what a waste of money. What a waste of money. Now, I mentioned weeks and weeks and weeks ago, and it's, of course, been repeated, which is this. Mueller had to know fairly early on that there was no collusion. And at that point, he should have shut down his investigation. In six, eight months' time, maybe ten months' time, he should have shut it down. But no. He didn't, and he wouldn't. And then the president's enemies in the media, in Congress, and elsewhere said that the president of the United States is going to fire Mueller so that Mueller needs to be protected. But the president didn't fire Mueller. None of the things that they said happened. None of them. Virtually everything I said happened. Surveilling Trump's campaign, surveilling the president-elect, the soft coup, a phrase I reintroduced into the nation's vocabulary. It's been picked up. That's fine. We want that to happen. And, of course, as I continue to say, now we have the Democrats in the House of Representatives pulling an old Democrat sleazy trick using the Internal Revenue Service to try and get their political opponents. As you'll read in my book on freedom of the press... FDR did it. A lot of presidents did it. But in particular, FDR did it. Kennedy did it. Johnson did it. Nixon did it. But Kennedy and Johnson did it more than anybody else. No question about it. FDR paved the way. He was a real SOB, I'll just tell you. Rounding up Japanese Americans. Uh basically encouraging the press not to say anything about the Holocaust, and they happily went along. Destroying industries, destroying newspapers, newspaper men that he didn't agree with, and women. Now we have electronic surveillance, that is spying that took place in this country. Do the media seem concerned about this to you? Do the media seem concerned? No, not in the least. In fact, they're very defensive. In fact, they defend the spies and their bosses. They defend Comey and McCabe and Baker and Stroke and Page. They defend them. And when you raise questions about them, they accuse you of attacking the FBI. Isn't that clever? 
those of us who support law enforcement, we're the ones attacking law enforcement? No, we're not. As I said on Hannity, and now again, it's, it's, it's out there, these are bad cops. These are bad cops. I try and use language where the common liberal might even comprehend what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to get at. Maybe, maybe that, that 15-watt light bulb will go off and go, wait, wait a minute, what did he say there? There's a powerful piece in the Hill newspaper by a gentleman who has some credentials. Kevin R. Brock, former assistant director of intelligence for the Federal Bureau of Investigation. He was an FBI special agent for 24 years. He was principal deputy director of the National Counterterrorism Center. He's a founder and principal of New Street Global Solutions. This guy's a big deal. He's not one of these... uh, these slobs they drag on the CNN and MSLSD uh, who just uh, burp up uh, all kinds of stupidity. Or some professor who just yells racism all the time. He has this fantastic piece in the Hill newspaper. He says, Attorney General William Barr. Uh, I, uh, who says he, quote, I believe the government spied on the Trump campaign. Now we're in a town, he says, where semantic directness is simply not practiced among the political Pharisees and their pilot fish in the media, beautifully put, who seek to preserve a certain order by obfuscating true intent. I love that line. Wish I thought of it. His use of the word spy, that is, bars, was as blunt as, every, as his every man face. Its stinging connotation was was validated in direct proportion to the contrived outrage of opposition politicians and cable news mannequins flopping to the ground and clutching their knees like European soccer players. This guy has a, a good knack for the turn of a word. A few weeks ago, disgraced former FBI director Andrew McCabe stated he believed President Trump was an agent of the Russian government. That is a spy. His assertion was met with somber nodding and little, if any, pushback. He made this incredible statement without, according to Barr's summary of the Mueller report, possessing any evidence that it was true. He was, however, in the middle of a book tour, raising cash on a GoFundMe website because, according to him, he was in desperate need of money since the president cut short some of his retirement benefits. And by the way, you can remember some Republicans objected to that. Marco Rubio was particularly vociferous. I don't get it. His anguish can be seen as he drives around his Tony neighborhood in his luxury car. Thank you for your contributions to this destitute and victimized man. McKay's fellow traveler in the empty collusion investigation they cooked up. Remember, this was a top FBI guy. Fired former FBI Director James Comey was quick to seize another opportunity to moralize to a camera the day after A.G. Barr used the S-word. I don't know what the heck he's talking about. That's all I can say. Apparently it was not all Comey could say, since he added, when I hear that kind of language used, it's concerning because the FBI and Department of Justice conduct court-ordered electronic surveillance. And having quite a bit to say, he kept talking. I've never thought of that as spying. Comey was anxious to echo the narrative advanced by those in opposition to the president that court-ordered electronic surveillance is somehow different or less tasteful than the untidy, morally fluid concept of spying. 
He can seek to take shelter in the softer surveillance word. But here's what he and McCabe unleashed on an American citizen involved on the outskirts of a presidential campaign. A Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act court-ordered electronic surveillance allows the FBI leeway to intercept more than telephone and computer communications. It allows the clandestine microphone and camera capture of the target at all times and in all places, even the most intimate of his daily life. It is more intrusive than even a Title III criminal wiretap of a drug dealer or a mob boss. Funny how the media missed all this. So in a way, Comey's right. FISA court-ordered electronic surveillance is different than spying. It is the epitome of government power over an individual's privacy. It is the nuclear option in the world of intelligence collection. And it is indeed used appropriately against foreign nationals actively spying on U.S. interests. And yes, even U.S. citizens who hold security clearances and possess national security information and demonstrate a willingness to turn over such information to another country. However... A FISA order until now has never been used by an FBI director and deputy director to intercept an individual with no clearances and no obvious access to sensitive information, but who happens to be involved in a presidential campaign. One would think then that Comey and McCabe would have made darn sure that the reasons provided to the FISA court to intercept Trump campaign advisor Carter Page would be incredibly compelling and build on a solid foundation of facts. Instead, by their own admission, they relied mostly on a Russian-influenced dossier, the source and funding of which they did not fully disclose to the court, a dossier that Comey himself described as salacious and unverified, and yet he still signed off on several renewals of the intrusive interception of Page. And incredibly, on the day he was fired, Comey maintained, he still didn't know if there was anything to the collusion investigation he initiated between the Trump campaign and Russia. The silly semantical jousting over spy versus surveillance is a distraction. The real concern among the collusionists is that A.G. Barr has launched his own review into the origins of Comey's and McCabe's investigation of the Trump campaign. This is entirely appropriate, given the suggestions that they acted improperly with political bias and the thinnest of information. Such a review could lead to some extremely uncomfortable days, For those who have favored leveraging the powerful authorities of government for the benefit of one political party over another. Mr. Barr added one other very important point. He stated he wasn't launching an investigation of the FBI per se, but he said, I think there was probably a failure among a group of leaders there at the upper echelon. Just as blunt, but perhaps the understatement of the year. Kevin Brock, former assistant director of intelligence for the FBI. And he was there 24 years. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Some idiot lean-eating group called Patriotic Millionaires. He's a professor or something. He's raising his voice on cable TV. Um, they say that millionaires should pay more. I, I don't understand these millionaires who want to pay more, pay more. I pay 40%. I'm not paying more. I'm not paying more. I've redistributed enough wealth. You know the best way to redistribute wealth? It's called capitalism. There's no government 
bureaucrat, politicians, whatever, telling you how to redistribute your wealth. You redistribute your wealth every day when you purchase something. If you go to a diner and buy a couple of eggs and toast and bacon and so forth, you've just redistributed wealth. You gave some of your money to a business that is providing you with a product or a service. That's how you redistribute wealth. So we're not against the redistribution of wealth. We're against government redistributing wealth. Uh, Just because you're a professor, or just because you're a communist, or just because you're a senator, or just because you're an SES2 or GS14 bureaucrat doesn't mean you're smarter than we are and doesn't mean you know how to do these things better than we do. You and I redistribute wealth scores of times every day. But we do it a legitimate way. We have earned what we have with our own labor. We have a limited time on this earth. and We spend a lot of time working. That's our labor. That belongs to us. When you take our taxes and you tell us you're going to give it to somebody else, you've taken our labor, you've taken a portion of our life away from us. Because you've decided that you're going to impose your will on me and us and take what we've earned during our lives, during our workday, and give it to somebody else or some other cause. What gives you the moral authority to do that? Nothing. Don't say God, because a lot of these people don't even believe in God. I want you to take a quick look at some outstanding free classes where you can register to take at levinforhillsdale.com. Now, we've been talking about this. But there's not a lot of time left for you to register to take these free online courses from Hillsdale College. If you ever wished you knew more about how politics and our Constitution work or how to explain the differences between capitalism and socialism, you can learn these things for free, taught by the best professors. Hillsdale College, as a service to the country, offers you free online courses that provide a taste of the core curriculum that every Hillsdale College student takes, the core that teaches how to think critically and act virtuously just sign up for one or more of hillsdale's popular courses for free and then start learning whenever you like visit levinforhillsdale.com right now and you'll be on your way to a rich meaningful education the registration page will be up i don't know how much longer so now's the time to act register today for free at l-e-v-i-n levinforhillsdale.com that's levinforhillsdale.com what a great Great college that is. Okay, Mr. Producer, my call screen bugged out. I'm sure the listeners are sick of it, but are probably laughing. We have a computer like that, too. Who shall I speak to? WDGJ Harrison from New York. Go. Yes, good evening. Good evening. How are you? How are you? Lovely. You got one minute. Okay, I, I, I bought your book first day you announced it. Thank you. Secondly, secondly, back in the uh, business. And, and I just want to tell you, I really do appreciate it. I appreciate all of you folks who are doing that because I think you're going to really enjoy it. Go ahead. Back in the midst of the Chinese scandal in 1996, many people forget that Bill Clinton in what was considered a quid, quid pro quo gave the Chinese a lot of our, our rocket secrets and other Our rocket secrets because they couldn't even get a rocket off the ground. You remember that, sir? Right, and he, and he got a lot of Asian funding for his campaign. That's why they rooted for him. He, they couldn't get a ro- This is just, you know, 20-some years ago. They couldn't get a rocket off the land. 
And now look at them. Great call. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello everybody, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. DiCamio in New York, the pathetically incompetent buffoonish mayor. Well, he doesn't want illegal aliens bust into New York City. I guess he was just fooling all these years. As reported by the New York Post, de Blasio calls Trump's sanctuary city plan illegal vows to fight it in court. How is it illegal? I don't understand. What law are they talking about? What law are they talking about? Donald Trump and Bill DeCamio... Mayor Bill DeCamio said that President Trump's plan to send undocumented immigrants, oh, for crying out loud, illegal aliens to sanctuary cities like New York is illegal and vowed to fight it in court. Why fight it? Embrace it. DeCamio made the statement on New York One after Trump continued to threaten to send undocumented immigrants, a.k.a. illegal. Look, an undocumented immigrant is somebody who forgets their visa paper. An illegal alien is not an undocumented immigrant. They're people who come here illegally, with or without documents. So knock it off. It's illegal. It's just plain illegal. We will meet him in court. We will beat him in court, said DiCamio. I remember vividly the day the Trump administration when he said he was going to cut our security funding because we did not ask for documentation status, because we would not cooperate with everything ICE was doing. We said we would go to court to stop it, and we did. Wow, they found an Obama judge, no doubt. Uh, I don't understand what the problem is. I, I posted over the weekend. I talked about it the other day. I talk about it today. I really don't understand the problem. I have said for years that if these aliens coming over the border illegally, eventually getting citizenship, or at least their children do, were expected to vote Republican, the Democrats would be building the thickest, highest wall, bigger than the, uh, 
the wall in China. And I think they'd have snipers and everything up there just to make sure that these future Republicans couldn't get into the United States. But they're counting on three-fourths of them, eventually, if they become citizens, voting Democrat. Because that appears to be the way it works, half or three-fourths or whatever the percentage is. And so now they figure they they have a way of uh, increasing their ranks and growing the government. You might say, well, why do the Democrats always want to grow the government? Because, ladies and gentlemen, they own the federal government. If you haven't figured it out yet, this is why they hate Trump. Because Trump, in their view, is an interloper. That Oval Office belongs to them. The departments and agencies belong to them. They're populated with hundreds of thousands of liberal Democrats. There are exceptions, of course, but they're exceptions. That's the point. And so uh, the Democrat Party and the federal government are simpatico. Federal government wants to increase its power. The Democrat Party wants to increase its power. And they use and need each other to do exactly that. So when you get a Reagan or you get a, or you get a Trump in there and they're trying to slash the size of government and so forth and so on, they're viewed as interlopers or even carpetbaggers. What are they doing? That's not their government. We created this massive Leviathan, right, as a Democrat and a liberal. We created this. It belongs to us. And these people are slowing us down. They're stymieing us. We're building a rainbow to utopia. And now look at these throwbacks. Here we have everything in order, everything's set for Obama's third term under Hillary. And in comes this guy, this crude guy, this developer. He comes in from New York and he, 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 he's breaking the dishes. He's doing all kinds of stuff that we wouldn't do. No, we can't tolerate that. Not for one minute, not from the day he stepped into the White House. We can't tolerate that. Now let's go get him. That government belongs to us. I'm telling you, that's the mentality of these uh, elected top Democrats. Unions urge Democrats to focus on kitchen table economics from the Associated Depressed. Ardently liberal, pro-labor, and anti-corporate cash, the field of Democrats running for president may look like a union activist's dream. But some key labor leaders are starting to worry about the topics dominating the 2020 conversation. Candidates are spending too much time talking about esoteric issues like the Senate filibuster, the composition of the Supreme Court, and not enough time speaking the language of workers, several union officials said. Those ideas may excite progressive activists, they said, but they risk alienating working class voters. I I have always wondered about this. How the Democrat Party has managed to, to bamboozle and thereby hold together these disparate communities. And what am I talking about? Private sector unions, coal miners, steel workers, uh, oil field workers, you name it. Men and women who work with their hands, assembly line workers. They have nothing in common with radical environmentalists in skyscrapers in Manhattan or San Francisco, or what have you. Nothing. Those people operating out of those skyscrapers, those office buildings, they're trying to put those union members out of business. Out of business. What do you think the Green New Deal is all about? You would have hundreds of thousands 
of of people who use their hands every day, put out of work, many of whom are Democrats, not all, and many of whom are union members, not all, and all of whom are blue-collar workers. That's why when the hard left says they're looking out for the little guy, they're not looking out for any little guy. They're not looking out for the middle class. These are radicals. These are extremists. We're looking to control everybody, blue-collar, white-collar, union, non-union. They have ideas, boy. They got theories. They have abstractions, and they want to build them. And they want to effectively enslave you to the government. You'll get your benefits from the government if the government says you get them. The government will determine what kind of paycheck you get, what kind of pension you can have, what kind of health care you can have. Oh, yeah. There's no end to their ideas. But you surrender your liberty. You surrender your liberty. These radical environmentalists aren't environmentalists. They're Marxists. This is why they hate the country. They hate progress. They hate the Industrial Revolution. They hate capitalism. And they pretend to be revolutionaries. Revolutionaries for what and how so? For what and how so? You got some 29-year-old doofus promoted by the media, celebrated by the hard left. She won't get out of our faces. She's as dumb as they come. I used to go to college with clowns like this. I used to laugh at them in in the classroom. Here they are. They're being promoted. She wins by 16,000 votes or so. And all of a sudden, she's changing America. She's not changing America. And all these clowns who want the nomination for the Democrat Party presidential campaign, all of them are taking her lead. Even this fool Joe Biden. I'm sorry I'm white. I'm sorry I've got male genitalia. I'm sorry, uh, I'm, I'm sorry that, I, that I lived before today. I'm sorry that... that sounds like a putz. It sounds like a putz. And they're all following her and Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is an old-time red. He's a Marxist. Who the hell takes their honeymoon in Moscow? That's not the first city on the list. That city isn't even on the list. Moscow? Then he finds his dream area of Vermont. Talks about diversity, racism. Where does he go? Vermont. I have nothing against Vermont. I've never been there. I hear it's a lovely place. I wouldn't know what the hell to do there. I can only use so much maple syrup. But there, Vermont. As I said the other day, when you think of white, you think of Vermont, don't you? So Mr. Diversity, Mr. Marxist, where does he go? To Vermont. No wonder he keeps talking about Scandinavian countries. Now, Vermont, as I say, part of the United States, lovely, so forth and so on. Vermont's not dealing with illegal immigration in any significant way. Nobody says as Vermont goes, so goes the nation. As Vermont goes, so goes Vermont. So they have the luxury of electing this insane Marxist. Big deal, right? You're Vermont. But as a nation, it is a big deal. As a nation, it is a big deal. What kind of industry do they have in Vermont right now? Very little. And yet Bernie Sanders is an expert on industry. 
What kind of medical system do they have in Vermont? Well, they tried that government control of medicine, and they were going broke, so they gave it up. Did Bernie Sanders didn't learn a damn thing? It, it conflicts with his uh, ideology, so he's not going to accept it. The only uh, people they have to worry about are people coming in from Canada. Hey, how you doing? How you doing there? All right, I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. shouldn't have lifetime appointments for federal judges anymore. They're way too political. And we point these judges out from time to time. You have a judge in Mississippi was giving a speech. He was an Obama appointee, and my buddy uh, David Horowitz pointed out, among others. It's okay for him to uh, all but accuse Trump of being a member of the Klan, but you're not allowed to criticize him or the courts. I don't know who the hell he thinks he is. Here we have another one. Judge Reggie Walton, well-known around Washington, D.C. area, has been on the bench a long, long time, federal district judge. This from Politico. Attorney General William Barr has created public distrust about whether the Justice Department is committed to sharing as much as possible about the Russia probe's findings, a federal judge said on Tuesday. These guys never shut their mouths. The Attorney General has created an environment that has caused a significant part of the public to be concerned about whether or not there is a full transparency. U.S. District Court Judge Reggie Walton said during a hearing Tuesday afternoon on a Freedom of Information Act suit demanding access to report detailing the findings of Special Counsel Robert Mueller. Walton, an appointee of President George W. Bush, did not elaborate on what actions or statements by the Attorney General have generated those perceptions, I'll tell you what they are. Mr. Walton is obviously a regular viewer of MSLSD and the Constipated News Network. It's obvious. Barr has followed the law by the letter so far. Maybe Mr. Walton should try that. Democrats and other critics have faulted Barr for adding his own conclusions favorable to President Donald Trump into a letter. Well, maybe they are favorable. I want to tell you something, Judge Walton. Maybe you should read the regulation. Because the Attorney General is not compelled to turn that document over to anybody. Not Congress, not the public. And it would have been nice, if you're going to give lectures from the bench for political and media attention, would have been nice, Judge Walton, if you had said that, so people could understand the context in which Barr is operating. But you didn't say that. Instead, you made a political statement rather than a factual statement. Too many of these damn judges who are out of control, in my humble opinion. And yes, we will criticize them. Because our free speech rights trump their arrogance and self-righteousness. Whether they like it or not. Let's take some calls. Chet. Hawley, Pennsylvania, the great WTRW. Go. Hi, Mark. How are you? Thanks so much for taking my call. Thank you. Uh, I'm an avid listener of yours. Thank you. I'm a retired school teacher. Yes, sir. Uh, 
And uh, I taught in the district. You're not going to believe this, but we had 55 different languages spoken in homes. I mean, that is ridiculous. How's that? I mean, that, 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 not that it's spoken in homes, but how are you supposed to teach on, in an environment like that? Now, well, well, let me ask you this before I go further. Were they required to learn English in the public schools? We had an ESL program. All right. They all do. Yeah, and that's, that's all we had. And uh, But anyway, I wanted to call to make a point about Bernie Sanders. He's been yeah. touting, just recently he touted the fact that uh, he's a millionaire. And my point is that I wanted to draw attention to is he, he made his millions, but he didn't make his millions under a socialistic system. He made it in a free enterprise capitalistic system. And here he is doing an about face and asking people now to support him on a socialist system where he would never have probably made his millions. I don't know how he made it. but. Uh. And by the way, that's a great point. And uh, yes, he made it by writing a book. They actually made it in other ways, too. Uh, but, you know, if, if, if this is what you're going to preach, then you need to practice it. And they can blow it off as much as they want, but he paid an effective income tax rate of 26%. And he said, well, I voted against the uh, Trump tax uh, cuts, but, uh, you know, I paid my fair share. I paid what I'm allowed. No, you didn't. You've been you've been out there blabbering about 52 percent and even 70 percent in some cases. I myself, as a capitalist, I keep telling I paid 40 percent. That was my effective rate. It's the maximum rate. And apparently, and I'm no expert on this stuff, my accountant tells me, actually, the maximum rate when you add it all together is over 40 percent when you start doing these add-ons. But that's 40%. Then our state in Virginia is 5.5%. Then they, they, they nail you with this tax, that tax, and so forth. I'm almost at 50%, and I'm a capitalist. This jackass is at 26%, and he's a communist. Yep, and, you're, anyway, you're absolutely Chet, right. Chet, don't hang up. I want to, uh, when, when my book comes out, I want to send you a signed copy of Unfreedom yeah. of the Press. Well, thank you so much, Mark. And I just want to make one other point. Yes, sir. I, as a... During the years that I taught, I was a Republican, and I was treated abys- abys- uh, abysmally. Yes. I have a broken mouth now and then, too, by the way. <laughs> oh, you're great. Well, thank you so much, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. All right. Well, now you're retired. You don't have to deal with it anymore. Enjoy your life. All right, Chet. Thank you, sir. And the National Education Association and the American uh, Federation of Teachers, they are as left-wing hardcore as they come. Landmark Legal Foundation. I'm no longer president there. I'm chairman. Uh, but the president handles the day-to-day activities. Our buddy Pete Hutchison over there. They duke it out with the NEA all the time and have exposed them for what they are. They are a disgrace. They raise billions of dollars every year. Billions every year. How much time there? I couldn't hear. Donna, Irvine, California. 870 The Answer. The great KRLA. One minute. Go. Okay, Mark, I just wanted to make a comment on Bernie Sanders. And by the way, I'll carry you over. Your new congresswoman is a complete fraud, too. You are aware of that, right? Absolutely. She pretends to be a moderate. She goes on Fox. She's a radical left-wing kook. She campaigned. uh, She was a professor. I think her name is Hill. She campaigned for uh, Bernie Sanders. And she's got everybody in Irvine, California, bamboozled. Oh, look at her. She's a moderate. No such thing. Donna, hold on. I stepped all over your time. Folks, we'll be right back.
Mark Levin, America's mentor of conservatism. Call now at 877-381-3811. On this program, I do not hide from the word conservative or the word conservatism because we understand what it means. At its core is individualism and liberty. At its core, that's what conservatism means. Or you can read Liberty and Tyranny, and that'll give you a a hand. It's not something to hide. Just be proud of it. Do you wish that double chin would just disappear? Or those bags and puffiness getting a little worse every day? Here's Robin S. from Lubbock, Texas. I put that jawline cream on my neck like two or three days ago. That's the best my neck has looked in over 20 years. Several people told me my face looks young. I'm blown away. With Genesel's natural actives and a pure antioxidant base with no parabens, no chemical scents, no pharmaceutical preservatives, it's the clean luxury your skin deserves every day. Click or call right now, and the Genesel Jawline treatment is yours absolutely free just for ordering the classic Genesel plant stem cell therapy for bags and puffiness. Call 800-SKIN-604 or go to Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com. Genesel works for men and women. And for results in 12 hours or less, the Genesel immediate effects is also included free. Call now and get free three-day shipping. Call 800-SKIN-604 or go to Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com. I want to hit this, this phrase, this, this, this sentence, one sentence that I mentioned yesterday that I posted on my social sites as well. The diabolical genius of Marxism socialism is that it provides the emotional and intellectual roadmap for autocrats to persuade millions of people to support their own enslavement to government. Emotional and intellectual. On the emotional side, they teach people to be jealous, to be hateful, to balkanize, to make demands of other people, demands of government. And then the Marxist socialist tries to fill the void. Intellectual, they try and make the case that what it is that they're promoting is scientific in a way. I don't mean scientific like physics. That if we can just put the right experts in the right place, there are ways to figure things out. There are ways to effect change, human behavior. Man, not God, man, can redesign the way men think, can redesign the way men operate, can redesign men and women. People. Marxism socialism has provided an emotional and intellectual roadmap for autocrats to do just that. And people will surrender their liberty for free stuff. And in the end, there is no free stuff. There's nothing. People will surrender their liberty if you'll just tear down somebody else. When you think of equality, when the left talks about equality, I want to be just like that millionaire. I want to be just like that billionaire. I want to be like that guy. I want to be that guy. And I would be, but for that guy. That's what they inculcate into people's minds. 
They can't point to their successes. They have no successes. They can claim humanity and compassion, but this system is inhumane. It's not compassionate. I was carefully watching Bernie Sanders last night after the show as I had recorded it. Carefully watching Bernie Sanders. And you watch, he's what, 77? You watch how an old red handles himself. He's calling the carpet for being a hypocrite on his taxes. He never talks about that. He mocks it. Instead, he'll talk about Trump. He'll look for shiny objects. Distracting arguments to make the class warfare case. Or to turn somebody into the enemy. And he's an old guy, and so he's given a lot of leeway. But he should be given no leeway. That's how they do things. That's how they persuade people. Donna. Back to Donna, Irvine, California, 870 The Answer. Go ahead, please. I'm so glad I have found you. You are the voice of reason in this crazy society. Oh, thank you. I was listening to Bernie Sanders last night and all the Democrats that are pushing for Medicare for all. Since Medicare first came into being in 1965, it's been a government-run program, and it's going bankrupt. According to the trustees, by 2026, it's out of money, and we have 65 million people on it. How in the world can you add another $200 million onto a program that's already going bankrupt that's government-run? Why would we trust the government with our health care? And you're right. And why would we listen to a guy that's never even ran a cash register at a 7-Eleven? Exactly. Uh, he has no idea how to balance budgets. He could care less. He could care less. Right. He's into power. He's, 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 never, he's never created a single private sector job in his entire life. His entire life. That's right. And then they're, they're also saying uh, there's a possibility of another million illegal immigrants that may get into this country this year alone. 1.2. Yeah, and they're going to need some kind of health care. Who is going to pay for that? It's going to be you and I we and are. taxpayers. All of us. Yeah, exactly. And this, exactly. this system, Milton Friedman was right. You cannot have a welfare state and open immigration. Stupid, the Koch brothers haven't figured that out yet. But it's true. And you'll break the system. And this country exists for the citizens. It doesn't exist for foreigners who want to be citizens. It doesn't exist for foreigners who steal their way into this country. It doesn't exist for them. It exists for us. We get to decide who comes here. But apparently, no, we don't. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Donna. By the way, that election was stolen there in Irvine, California. What happened to Donna? You guys, she dropped or we dropped her? All right, we dropped her by accident. Sorry, Donna. Excellent caller. Wanted to give Donna a book. Let's continue, shall we? I think we will. Let's see. Let's go to Luda. Orange, California. How are you? Hi, Mark. Hi. Hi. I've been listening to you for years and years. Never had a chance to call you because all this was at work, and now I'm <laughs> not working. So I wanted to say a few things about Jews, about, because I'm Jewish, about uh, Sanders, who is a Jewish too, but he's not really a Jewish. He doesn't really support Israel, and he's, he reminds me Trotsky. I grew up in Moscow. In Trotsky Moscow. was Jewish, but he was an atheist, you're right. Yes, and Sanders, you know, Trotsky and Sanders, 
they <laughs> I, I see I'll, I'll bet he's a great admirer of Trotsky's. I, I really I really mean that. You do? I, I you know, unfortunately Lenin took care of the you know, as a leader because then Tsar of Russia or Earlier, you know, uh, Stalin basically uh, took it over. Lenin was very ill for a period of time, and he couldn't stop him. They didn't allow Jews to be ahead. But in the United States, you know, Sanders can be a president, God forbid. But, you know, I was amazed to learn that one million volunteers going to support his campaign. I was like you asked Donna about Orange County, about Irvine. I was involved in election for uh, for my congressman Dana Rorobacher mm-hmm. and we, we didn't expect anything like this i was knocking the doors for him for days and days and days and then it was ballot harvesting here in orange county in in my city as well in my 48 district and i think a lot of illegals voted so we lost the whole orange county first time since reagan time so, um, let's well, you back. lost you lost like four or five Republican seats yes. after after the election. Yes, because of the way uh, the rules have changed. You have a one party state, and they want to keep count, <coughs> excuse me counting votes, even suspicious votes, even marginal votes, until they win the seats, and that's pretty much what they did. I think what happened that uh, with California driver's license registration and also automatically voting registration. I think that created a lot of fraud here. Well, they, they have definitely tried to eliminate as many um, requirements and standards as they can uh, to, to allow leniency. So you really don't know if somebody is a citizen in every instance or not. And people are intimidated. They're afraid to ask. They don't want to be accused of things. Yes. And, uh, you know... So uh, this is this is this is what the Democrat Party does in these one-party states. And this is what's scary for me, Mark, because I saw socialism with my own eyes. I left when I was very young, by myself. I had a few dollars in my pocket because Soviet Union didn't allow me to have some money to get out, and and I started from scratch. I came by myself, and. And I see, I look at these young people who want to get everything for free, everything given. They have no idea what means socialism. They don't know how long they can stand in line. They can, even for the Jewish people, I'm so amazed that a lot of Jewish people... I think people who want to be socialists should be forced for six months to live in these societies before they impose it on the rest of us. Thank you for your call, my friend. I appreciate it. Let's go to Debbie, Queens, New York, the great WABC. Go right ahead. Hello, Mark. Hello. Hi. I'm so glad I'm able to talk to you. I've tried many times. I listen to you a lot, and I think you're wonderful. And I think President Trump should have you as his advisor because well, you give wonderful you. advice. I'm calling you um, because um, you mentioned earlier in the program that uh, the Democrats are going to um, going to – President Trump's accounting firm to try to get his records, but I also read earlier today they're doing something else. They are um, subpoenaing or going to Deutsche Bank yes. to ask for his banking records. Yes, and they're going to give it to them, they said. Why? Can't you mean... That, I think what I would do, I, I think what I would do is I would send my lawyers in to intervene and say, excuse me, this isn't <coughs> merely a legal issue between the Democrats in Congress and the bank, I happen to be the customer. I happen to be the client. 
And I can see a number of arguments that can be made. First of all, you can send in the government lawyers to make a separation of powers argument that Congress does not have the right to continue to try and threaten a president of the United States by, uh, by, by, by these weasel tactics to get access to his financial records without anything more. Uh, they can't just do everything under the rubric of, well, we, we get to oversee if the IRS is working and, you know, we get the impeachment. That doesn't give you the right uh, to dig into everybody's or, or the president's personal life. So they could argue it on those grounds, and I would. And they could also argue it with his private lawyers on the grounds that, hey, I'm a private citizen. Congress doesn't have a right to this information. They're, they're, they're the legislative body. They appropriate. They pass laws. But... Uh, they don't get to look into my taxes as a private citizen, and that will create a, a horrible precedent. So I would argue against it on separation of powers grounds. Under the Constitution, I would argue against it as an individual citizen. Yeah, but you just said they, they are giving it, the accounting firm. No, no, but I also them. said I would intervene. I would go to court and tell them no. Wow, wow. Um, I don't know how pressed you are for time. I have one more issue. Yeah, we got to go. As a matter of okay. fact, I'm well, over the clock. I apologize. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. All right. I don't know where to start. You know, you'd think with hard evidence from Mueller that there was no collusion. The progressive media would finally back off and crawl back into the hole they came from. Now, you know, in my book, Ameritopia, I said, let's stop using the word progressive. Matter of fact, it was, the first time I said this was in Liberty and Tyranny, I said, we need to use the word statist. I don't use the word progressive because I agree with so-called progressives with the use of that word. What I found after I wrote Liberty and Tyranny is I have to use that word not because I agree with defining these leftists with that word, but because you lose the ability to communicate if I call them one thing and they call themselves another. So I've exposed what they really are in these various books. And then I go back, as I explained, to calling them what they call themselves, progressives. Not because they believe in progressing, but because... That's how they self-identify. Again, not because I agree, but it's hard to keep debating these issues and writing about these issues if we use 14 different terms, okay? So I just wanted to make that clear. But instead, these leftists say it's not over, that the fights and the media just gets getting started. Well, guess what? We're ready for a fight. If you've listened to my shows for any length of time on Levin TV... You know, I'm unapologetic about the Constitution, about our values, and about this country. I didn't say the government, I said this country. I've always told you what I'm about, and I break down stories I think we need to talk about. And the media are furious that we've pulled all these people away from watching them and have brought them over to Levin TV and the host of other shows on our Blaze TV network. So where does this end? It ends when you say enough is enough and you come back when you check out what we're doing on our Blaze TV network. And right now you can get a full 30 days, full 30 days to watch every show on the network absolutely free. Please take advantage of this. You can take advantage of it. Every family member 
You can get on the phone and call your colleagues and your friends. A full 30 days, you can watch every show when you choose on our network absolutely free. Now, if you decide to stick with us, please use promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, and you'll get a full year for less than 8 bucks a month. I mean, folks, this is pretty good. We have to cover our overhead. So start your free trial now. Give us a call at 844-LEVIN-TV. That's 844-L-E-V-I-N-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV. Or you can go to blazetv.com and use code, promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N. Make sure you use the promo code so you can get 30 days to watch every show on the network absolutely free. All right, let us go to Rich, Huntington, New York, the great WABC. Now, by the way, before I get to Rich, I'll be doing right now four book signings. I'm going to announce them next week. I'm going to announce them next week. So get ready. All right, Rich, back to you, my friend. All right, Mark, listen, uh, I was listening on the radio today before, and I thought that Rush did a tremendous analysis of what Bernie believes. It's like... All right, all right, right, listen, listen, listen. I love all the other hosts, but I have to do my show, not somebody else's show on my show. So tell me what you think. Well, it's, it's, it's like this. It's like, imagine like you, uh, let's say, say like, like you won something, like you want to, they're going to offer you a, a free, uh, a free cruise. Okay. It costs you nothing. It's all free until you get on the ship <laughs> mm-hmm. and then you got to pay for it. Uh, this, I wonder about these people if they have a, uh, like a reprobate mind. Listen, I, I think when you offer people free stuff and you tell them it's not going to cost them anything and somebody else can pay for it because they can afford it, it's persuasive. And, but what you have to do is slow them down and explain. It is exactly what I said Marxism, socialism is. It provides the uh, roadmap, the emotional and intellectual roadmap for people to enslave themselves. So what do you do? On the way to prison, you give them a, p- a couple pieces of candy. Free candy. Come this way. And that's what happens. Thanks for your call. Bridget. Point Pleasant, New Jersey, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Oh, my goodness. I have been holding for you forever. I have been listening. Oh, I'll tell you what. Now I'm going to disappoint you. Listen, get her phone number, Mr. Call Screener. Bridget, we're going to call you tomorrow. I apologize. I misread the clock. Don't hang up. We'll get your number. We salute all the armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, law enforcement up and down the chain, and you, my beloved audience. Thank you for being there. Great patriots, you Levinites. Please go to Amazon.com, pre-order your copy of Unfreedom of the Press. See you tomorrow.